And good morning, everyone, and welcome to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, and I'm very excited to be welcoming a very special guest today, Jeff Anderson from Sonic Sight. Now, I'm going to get straight into it today because I imagine this program is going to be absolutely jam-packed full of really fantastic information, not just from the perspective of Jeff and the journey that he's gone on as a business owner, but also what we're going to impart, uh, the knowledge that we're going to give our listeners today, particularly those in small business who are giving some thought to our marketing, their marketing strategy. Now, Let's face it, marketing is not something that a lot of us have a strength in. Uh, we make our widgets, we are a consultant in whatever it is that we do, we have our specialism and marketing is just not it. It's kind of like wearing that creative hat when you're not in that spectrum. So we're hoping that today is going to be a little bit of a cheat sheet and it's all going to be all about video content. Now video content is is no longer just this uh, element that's relegated to the back rooms, uh, the back lot of the AV rooms, the dark rooms where people used to work and these, um, you know, guys wearing black used to sit there and do all their editing with the cutting and the pasting. No, 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 it's not that anymore. It's a very accessible technique for small business. It can be done very well, but like all things, it can also be done quite badly. I'm sure Jeff's going to share some anecdotes of uh, of businesses that he's brought into the, the present as opposed to back in the 80s with some pretty crappy videos. In fact, I remember do you remember Gruen Transfer a few weeks ago or a couple of seasons ago? They would show the worst regional videos and, and they were all the worst videos from the 80s um, highlighting businesses. And it, it just doesn't, it doesn't make a business look good, does it? <laughs> no, good morning. Thanks, thanks, Alexi, for having me on board. Uh, no, it, and I've often said to people, um, you're better off to not show a video than to show one which damages your brand because it, you know, just doesn't reflect you in the best light. You know, it, it, if it looks amateur, it looks poor quality, uh, you're better off just to, you know, let them know who you are another way. Leave it to the experts or, or exactly find it a different way of marketing yourself. So we're going to be covering a little bit about different ways that you can market yourself using using video content and also the different uh, ways that video can content can help grow your business, not just necessarily in the marketing sphere. But take me through your journey first, Jeff, because I think yours is a very interesting one and a very powerful story because uh, like most of us, we are searching for that elusive work-life balance. We're trying to find a way to make our businesses fit into our lives and enjoy our lives at the same time as feeling fulfilled with a business. And I think I think you might you might have actually managed to do that. I think <laughs> Let, <laughs> it's a work in progress. It's a work in progress, exactly. So let's talk about your journey because I think um, you are a successful business owner and um, you're happy with where you are now. How long have you been in business exactly? Uh, it's 25 years this year, Alexi. It's and, and I tell people I've taken 25 years to grow a very small business. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've deliberately kept it small. I've had opportunities along the way to you know ramp it up, and I thought I don't know if I want to do that. I don't know if I want the extra stress, the extra extra expenses, the extra dramas, which are going to end up with less time, less profit. Uh, and I thought, no, no, I want, I want to be able to enjoy the ride. I want to have time for family, for my partner. And um, so, yeah, I've, I've kept it small and manageable. And I've, I've seen other friends who over the years have gone and built their business up and then brought it right back down again because they've gone through all these dramas and, and it's just been stressful and, and manic. So I, I started out 25 years ago. Um, my business partner is was the uh, technical technical director at Channel Nine. Now I didn't have any uh, video expertise at that point. Oh, so you were the creative? Were you? I the, guess I was. The I, that's, business that's a, development guy. Well, I was all of that. I was. I also had actually done a stint at the State Bank of New South Wales and had been a commercial loans officer there while we were building up another business. So I was soaking up all these all these tips about what was required to make a, a business successful because if we were lending money to these businesses, we wanted to know that they had all their, their ducks lined up. Mm-hmm. And so I was learning about, you know, cash flow. I was learning about profit over turnover that, you know, people get excited about how much money they're making, but it's, if you're not actually getting profit along the way, it's all for naught. Mm. So, and also having a broad client base. So these were things that I sort of latched onto as I built my business and I was able to bring that into Sonic Site. And over the years, we've just sort of kept ticking along. Tim, my uh, business partner, actually, we first met or got to know each other uh, doing community radio at Burwood Yay. way back way back in the uh, in the early nineties. Another another big tick for community radio networking in, in, opportunities. Indeed, and so um, yeah, I think we we sort of uh, found a bit of a. Um, uh, a bit of bonding there, and thought, yeah, we could we could see what could go from there. So, yeah, we built up the business, and it took me a while. So, so Tim was originally doing all the technicalities of video production, and I was doing some of the creatives. I was um, coming up with concepts. I was talking to clients, 
And then over time, I got to be a bit more hands-on with the equipment. And after about 10 years or so, I was actually filming, I was editing, I was directing and producing and writing scripts. But I still felt like a bit of an imposter. I felt like I haven't gone to university. I haven't studied like like Tim did and like other people in the industry have done. And who am I to be doing this? But then I started to realize, well, I could probably teach this stuff at university. So maybe I just need to go with it and just accept that actually I do know what I'm doing. Mm. So I kept going. Then after about about 20 years, um, that's when I wrote my book. So that was... Um, That's when you really positioned yourself as the expert. Well, it was. It was at a time... Uh, I did a course, a key person of influence course, which was all about uh, increasing your profile. I'd been running my business for 19 years at that point, and it was it needed, needed to be reinvigorated. It, it was going along, but it was sort of like, you know, nothing really exciting was happening. So I could see we were just on the verge of other people waking up to the power of video. Mm. Internet was getting faster. People could see that they could use video. And I'd been doing it for, for decades, but I thought, okay, now's the chance to, to really leverage that. So I wrote a book where I just did a brain dump of all the information I could give to uh, to people to who wanted to make videos. And uh, yeah, just sort of put it all there, all the steps and processes you need to be aware of as you're making videos so that other people could do it. It's a, it's an interesting journey yours. You mentioned Sonic Sight. Was it the name of the, the business right at the beginning as well? It was, yeah. Wow. So you've actually hung on to that name and you've been comfortable with that name because I know that a lot of people when they go through um, sort of as, as they're their business goes into new phases and we're going to talk about that a little bit later. They decide to change the brand, the name, the the look, the feel. Um, is there a reason why you stuck with that? Was it because you really just liked it at the beginning or because you had developed a bit of a, re- a relationship with your client base that you didn't want to change it and confuse? Um, oh, look, I think I think part of it was, was building a brand, mm-hmm. building a reputation. Um, my reputation for my business has always been critical. If I had an unhappy client, I would rather sort out their problems and give them a refund than, you know, for them to be going around saying they had a bad experience. So mm-hmm. not that that traditionally happens, but that's the way I've approached it. I've always been very um, focused on maintaining the reputation of the business. There have been times where we've looked at other products and other, I guess, pivots with the business. But what I've done in that case is I've, I've called that a different product. So I've, I've, we were doing some training there for a while. We called that Video Production Studio. And we had a, a website for that. Mm. But it was still under the Sonic Side umbrella. So, look, at the end of the day, you're the only one who cares about your name. The customers don't care. They just go to whatever it is. And it makes it easier for them to find me if it's the same name that's been around for 25 years. Mm. Uh, I think people get so caught up about their logos and all these other things. And people really don't care. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the kind of conversation I have to have with uh, companies sometimes when we're doing work and they're, oh, we've got to have the logo on for 10 seconds at the start of the video. I said, no, you really don't. Yeah. Because after three seconds, they've clicked away and they're watching something else. Content is king. <laughs> it's just you've got to, you've got to uh, respect who your audience is and, and what's, what's of interest to them. And, you know, I've changed my logo uh, a couple of times, three times, I think, over those 25 years. Um, but so, kept it simple. So the main reason why you decided to do that, and we're all quite familiar with that that KPI program, and the main reason why you might wanted to do it was literally to reinvigorate or to find a way of tapping into what you saw as a niche. Well, I I, I realised there was a lot of value I could see that they were going to uh, provide in the program. Um, I actually happened to be there because they paid me to be there to film the event. So I was oh. at, I was at the back of the hall filming this this one day event where mm. they were basically promoting what they do and giving giving some great value information and they were talking about the benefits of it you know you can earn more money you you charge more when you've got this profile in in a particular niche and I thought well I wouldn't I wouldn't mind earning a bit more money so um you know I, I put my hand up and went along and they went oh yeah great good and I think it was the right time you know people were just starting to wake up to the power of video and so it was like I had 20 odd years of experience there mm-hmm. I could I could leverage from and showcase and so it put me in the right spot at the right place. So what sort of skills did you bring across? You've obviously been in corporate world, you were you were working with most likely agencies and the big guys and then what skills did you bring in that journey from distilling that and all that information and knowledge that you had to small business because you're very passionate about um, empowering small business and giving them the knowledge to be able to do it themselves that's one of the ways that you position yourself as the expert. Uh, how did you bring all that um, 
that skills and that expertise down and I don't want to say dumb it down, but oh, look, how, it's not, did you, it's, it's how not, do you make it Well, it's accessible. not difficult because I'm already a small business owner. You know, mm. I know all the issues, all the, all the um, challenges that a small business has. Mm. So... Being able to talk to other small businesses at that level was a no-brainer for me. I had a, a, a great stint for about four and a half years at uh, B&I at one of the most successful chapters in Sydney and, you know, was, was have some wonderful friends who were um, doing great things with their small businesses at, at various levels. You know, some are, you know, quite, you know, uh, bigger operations and others are smaller. But, uh, yeah, look, for me it's uh, it, it was easy to... to position myself in their in their space um, because that was that was what I do but in regards to sharing my knowledge for me I realized I needed to increase my profile Mm -hmm. and that was part of the training that I got from this KPI course and I was I always struggled with like sending out newsletters because I thought other why do people want to hear about me and what I'm doing and I had a real blockage about that marketing approach about you know but then when I shifted to saying well, actually, how can I be helpful and useful to people? What can I give people rather than saying, hey, this is what Sonic Sight's doing, you should buy our services. Mm. It was more like, hey, if you're using video, these are ways to make it work for you. And so I started shifting the whole uh, messaging about um, buying from me to, hey, this is, this is some helpful advice that I'm happy to share and give. And that, that was a really, that, and I was very comfortable with that. And that was a really easy way for me then to, um, you know, get more information out to my, my community. As an expert in communications, would you agree that a lot of uh, there's been a big shift in the way people advertise themselves into that realm instead of being the look at me, look at me, look at my latest clients, look what I'm producing um, versus, hey, here's some of my knowledge. Why don't you take some of this expertise and, and run with it? Do you think there's a generalised shift to, where, to the difference in way way small businesses advertise themselves? I think so, yeah. And I, I think... You know, there's a place for everything. I mean, there's a place for a promotional message where it's say, "Hey, this is what we can do for you," mm-hmm. um, and but that's got to be engaging for people to stay with it. But if it's if it's useful knowledge, more people are going to watch it, and that's where you can build up a community. You can build up an audience where people are tuning in more regularly because they know they're going to get something useful when they do it, rather than just being sold to. Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more to Jeff in relation to uh, what some great tips you can do to produce your own video content for your small business um, and when you should engage with a professional. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We will be back after this. So today we are talking all about video content and we're learning from an expert, uh, Jeff from Sonic Sight. Thank you very much for joining us once again here on Small Biz Matters. It's a pleasure. Now, just before the break, we were talking about your business journey and uh, how over 25 years, as I love your, your expression where you've taken 25 years to, to build a very small business, but you've done that deliberately um, and carefully and with consideration for not just the business, but for yourself as well. One of the things we were talking about in the break was niching and the importance of um, understanding how that can really make or break things. Can you explain that a little bit more in terms of your experience? Sure. And um, how you, you kind of packaged all that up. You've got the book, you've got the 25 years of experience, you've got the, you know, building and building up businesses and bringing them back down again. But why is niching so important to factor into all of that? Look, for a long time, I was under the impression that it was important to have a broad client base because that's what I learned at the bank, um, which it is, but it doesn't mean you can't have a niched market. And a lot of people get uncomfortable with the idea of, of focusing their energy in a particular niche because they feel like they're going to exclude all these other opportunities that are out there. Mm. Now, in the last few years, last three and a half years, I've focused my energy on the private school market. Um, they need a lot of videos made. They've actually got decent budgets. And... It's taken a good three years, but I'm now real with like sending out newsletters because I think, oh, why do people want to hear about me and what I'm doing? And I had a real blockage about that marketing approach about, you know, but then when I shifted to saying, well, actually, how can I be helpful and useful to people? What can I give people rather than saying, hey, this is what Sonic Sight's doing. You should buy our services. Mm. It was more like, hey, if you're using video, these are ways to make it work for you. And so I started shifting the whole uh, messaging about um, buying from me to, hey, this is this is some helpful advice that I'm happy to share and give. And that, that was a really – that, and I was very comfortable with that. 
and that was a really easy way for me then to um, you know get more information out to my my community as an expert in communications would you agree that a lot of uh, there's been a big shift in the way people advertise themselves into that realm instead of being there look at me look at me look at my latest clients look what I'm producing um, versus hey here's some of my knowledge why don't you take some of this expertise and, and run with it do you think there's a generalized shift? To, where, to the difference in way, way small businesses advertise themselves? I think so, yeah. And I, I think, you know, there, there's a place for everything. I mean, there's a place for a promotional message where it's say, hey, this is what we can do for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and But that's got to be engaging for people to stay with it. But if it's, if it's useful knowledge, more people are going to watch it. And that's where you can build up a community. You can build up an audience where people are tuning in more regularly because they know they're going to get something useful when they do it rather than just being sold to. Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters. And when we come back after the break, we're going to talk a little bit more to Jeff in relation to uh, what some great tips you can do to produce your own video content for your small business um, and when you should engage with a professional. You are listening to Triple H 100.1 FM. We will be back after this. So today we are talking all about video content and we're learning from an expert, uh, Jeff from Sonic Site. Thank you very much for joining us once again here on Small Biz Matters. It's a pleasure. Now, just before the break, we were talking about your business journey and uh, how over 25 years, as I love your, your expression where you've taken 25 years to, to build a very small business, but you've done that deliberately um, and carefully and with consideration for not just the business, but for yourself as well. One of the things we were talking about in the break was niching and the importance of um, understanding how that can really make or break things. Can you explain that a little bit more in terms of your experience? Sure. And um, how you, you kind of packaged all that up. They've got the book, you've got the 25 years of experience, you've got the, you know, building and building up businesses and bringing them back down again. But why is niching so important to factor into all of that? Look, for a long time, I was under the impression that it was important to have a broad client base because that's what I learned at the bank, um, which it is, but it doesn't mean you can't have a niched market. And a lot of people get uncomfortable with the idea of, of focusing their energy in a particular niche because they feel like they're going to exclude all these other opportunities that are out there. Mm. Now, in the last few years, last three and a half years, I've focused my energy on the private school market. Um, they need a lot of videos made. They've actually got decent budgets. And... It's taken a good three years, but I'm now really seeing the results of that. So I'm getting a lot of um, a lot of my work is now coming from private schools, but I've got about twenty of them. So I do have a, a broad client base there. Um, but what also is happening is I'm still getting work from the other places I used to get it from, the government organisations, my past clients. They don't know or care that I'm focusing a lot of attention on a particular niche. They still refer work to me. I still get those jobs coming in. Okay, but from a practical point of view, I, I can see in the three years journey how that's benefited you. But mm. but making that decision in the beginning where you go, I'm going to devote X amount of my time to growing this part of the business that I believe will be successful, but I'm not 100% sure, it's, it, it's a big risk, is it not? And I think a lot of small businesses are risk adverse because we're sensible and clever with our time and our money. How did you make the leap of faith was it really like you, I just, I believe in myself. I know that this is the right thing to do. Or, or did you just go, I'm just going to give this a go and then I, I'm going to niche this way? Uh, you're, the latter answer is... So latter. you got lucky. I did, but what, yes and no. But what I did was I also niched in other sectors at the same time that weren't as successful. Okay. So I didn't just throw everything into the school mm. market. I also said, all right, I'm, I'm over at North Ride. I'm going to focus on the North Ride business community as well. And I'll see if I can develop some more opportunities there just because of locality as, an, as a niche. How did you do it? How did you, okay, this is, I know this is from one business's perspective, mm. but did you literally say, okay, 20%, one day a week, I'm going to dedicate to meeting with people, talking to people, finding out what they need? I just want to know the practicalities. Yeah, sure. No, I'll tell you. So, so what happened was I was already working with a few schools, um, doing concerts and some other videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of them said to me, hey, you should get involved with this association uh, called Educate Plus, which basically has all of the the administrative levels of the school people in there. So the fundraising managers, the marketing managers, the enrolment managers. It's not the principals, it's not the teachers, but it's very much this sector of the schools that I needed to speak to. And so I went along to their conference and then I became a sponsor. Then I got mingling with them. I turned up at their events. So I basically just... that 
particular association was the real key for me. And that's the three years of hard work, the association, the talking, the networking, the sponsorship, Yeah, a bit so of risk involved with that. That was, yeah, but I could see, wow, this mm. is actually brilliant because mm. this group is exactly who I need to be talking to. And so I thought, well, this is a no-brainer. I'll just focus some, some time and energy and resources into this. So I initially I just went to the conference. I got a referral from that, which ended up you know, becoming a great uh, three-year client that I've had now. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got more clients from, from that. Then I sponsored um, the, uh, the association. I got to speak um, at uh, the conference last year. I'm going to speak at the conference this year. So you're really grabbing all those opportunities that they give you in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, and what what happens though? And, and now that I'm really seeing it come to fruition, I'm seeing yep, there's there's opportunity here. There's I'm seeing the benefits of it. It makes what's really important about this is it makes it easier for me to work out what's worth me spending my time on. Mm. There's a whole lot of busy, distractive things that we can get caught up in. Go on, say Facebook. <laughs> oh no, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't quite uh, detoxed off that yet. Yeah, um, but there's a whole lot of you know different things that we think we should do or try or market or whatever. But now that I can see where the return on investment is coming from, it makes it so much easier for me to think, you know what, writing that extra blog on LinkedIn isn't necessarily going to help me get more of my school clients. Picking up the phone. And the talking, the networking, the sponsorship, a yeah, bit of so risk involved with that. That was, yeah. But I could see, wow, this mm. is actually brilliant because mm. this group is exactly who I need to be talking to. And so I thought, well, this is a no-brainer. I'll just focus some, some time and energy and resources into this. So I initially I just went to the conference. I got a referral from that, which ended up you know, becoming a great uh, three-year client that I've had now. Mm-hmm. Um, then I've got more clients from, from that. Then I sponsored um, the, uh, the association. I got to speak um, at uh, the conference last year. I'm going to speak at the conference this year. So you're really grabbing all those opportunities that they give you in a, in a nutshell. Yeah, and what what happens though? And, and now that I'm really seeing it come to fruition, I'm seeing yep, there's there's opportunity here. There's I'm seeing the benefits of it. It makes what's really important about this is it makes it easier for me to work out what's worth me spending my time on. Mm. There's a whole lot of busy, distractive things that we can get caught up in. Go on, say Facebook. <laughs> oh no, that's important. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't quite uh, detoxed off that yet. Yeah, um, but there's a whole lot of you know different things that we think we should do or try or market or whatever. But now that I can see where the return on investment is coming from, it makes it so much easier for me to think, you know what, writing that extra blog on LinkedIn isn't necessarily going to help me get more of my school clients. Picking up the phone and ringing that marketing manager at that school that I've already spoken to in the past, who I just see has another project coming up, that would be a better use of my time. Yeah. Because I've got a much better angle there to go with. I've already got presence and profile in the sector um, and, you know, it's a much easier conversation to have with them. And you were in business how long before the concept of niching really started to kick in? I I had been thinking about niching for a long time but hadn't been able to work out where to niche. Mm. And I think what you were saying before about throwing all your eggs in one basket is, is a great point because I think you've got to try a few different things, but you do have to put a bit of effort into them to see what's going to, to, come, to the, come to the fore. And then eventually you get to the point you say, hey, this one's working. Mm. Let's start focusing more on this one mm. and, and see where it goes. Because I want, I want our listeners to be gentle with, with themselves because I know a lot of them out there are listening and, and they might have only been in business for a few years. You've done the, the journey between corporate to where you are now. Um, be kind. Don't expect that something's just going to fall in your lap and don't expect that you're going to make the right decision. It, it is a little bit of trial and error and putting your eggs in one basket that doesn't necessarily work. But I think you also need to be smart enough to recognise when something's not working and pull away from it and not dedicate any more time to it and not flog a dead horse, essentially. Yeah, and sometimes it may be just the timing's not right. Mm. So don't necessarily burn your bridges with it. Put it to the side and focus on other things. But, like, for me, I have done school videos over the 25 years at different stages. So I do have a lot of those to, you know, call back on. When When I was ready to launch myself, I thought, well, actually, yeah, I've got... I've got, you know, a dozen different school videos You've got I've some done. content, yeah, yeah. already there. Um, so, yeah, just don't, um, yeah, don't be too hard on yourself. Try it and, and see how it evolves. Now, let's talk a little bit about the, the logistics and the practicalities of using 
video in your in your business. Um, I know during the break you were saying that there's sort of two main strands. There is, of course, using video for marketing purposes and for advertising your wares and what you do, et cetera, et cetera, in a very pure advertising sense. And then there's also video for um, becoming an expert in your field and, and making it educational or being, how did you describe it, uh, business well, it's, it's, I think video has moved on from just being just a marketing tool to very much being a business communication tool. Mm. It's it's more than just... What's oh, the difference? Well, the difference is uh, marketing, you're sort of like promoting, selling. Communication is just like, well, let, we're letting our, infom- our audience know, our community know this is what's happening, this is what's going on. Um, it's just the preferred medium for people to get information. So whatever information you're putting out there, it could be video, and that's that's where we're shifting. So in the past, it used to be we need a promotional video which showcases our business in the best light and does all this, and now it's just like we need to tell our community that we're going to be closed next weekend or whatever. You could do it on a video, mm. you know, whatever it is. And, I mean, everything is marketing, isn't it? You know, it, marketing is everything, and everything is marketing. So the invoice you send out is marketing. How you, you know, put your logo, that's all, you know, the, how you answer the phone, that's marketing. All of it is marketing, so... Uh, these days, video is just a, a, a wonderful tool that you have that can be used in a variety of ways. And I think just thinking it's a marketing tool is limiting how you can use it effectively. So give me an example of a, a small business that you might have worked with um, that that use video content really successfully. Because for me, I'm thinking practicalities. Do I go with Facebook? Do I go with LinkedIn? How do I shoot the video the message, I think, is um, a bit more organic. It's it's whether or not you want to be imparting knowledge or telling people what you're doing or even telling them that you're shutting on Sunday, like you said. But it's the where do I post it? How do you make those sort of business decisions as a small business owner? Well, it always comes down to what's the purpose of the video and who your audience is. So depending on, on that, that will direct you. It may be appropriate to post it on a, on a whole range of different platforms, but they might be slightly different in, in how you do that and what you do. Um, in regards to an example of a small business owner, um, there's a couple that actually, um, Patty Alan Hornsby, um, have, have made, we've made some videos for them in the past, and that was just a rapport building video. So it was, it was Adrian, the, the owner, talking about what he does, what he loves about it, you know, how he enjoys bringing the outside in or the inside out, whatever it is, for, for, you know, outside living for families. And people watched that video and the feedback I got from him was they said, we we felt we could trust you. We'd Mm -hmm. seen your video, we liked you and we felt comfortable. And so, and he's a lovely guy. And I think they were able to pick that up on the video that this is someone that we feel comfortable to build, you know, extend our home and, and provide the patio. So um, there's another chap, Edward Zia, who everybody... Edward seems, Zia. Everybody knows. Yep, yep. Uh, I know who, that lovely Edward. Who, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of his video content, I must say. I find it a bit dizzying. And I was actually going to bring that up, not necessarily okay. naming names, but, but just talking about the way that he, he shoots his videos. He does video content very well and he really engages well, with the audience. every day or twice a I day. I know, and it's fantastic. just handheld phone stuff. But he spins. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I don't well, know about I you. Think but that... he, is, he is an extremely energetic he person. He is, yes. And I think that probably, um, you know, supports his, his character. Um, but I was going to ask you about technically. Mm. Uh, what are some th- what are some real do- with, um, that that use video content really successfully? Because for me, I'm thinking practicalities. Do I go with Facebook? Do I go with LinkedIn? How do I shoot the video? The message I think is um, a bit more organic. It's it's whether or not you want to be imparting knowledge or telling people what you're doing or even telling them that you're shutting on Sunday, like you said. But it's the where do I post it? How do you make those sort of business decisions as a small business owner? Well, it always comes down to what's the purpose of the video and who your audience is. So depending on on that, that will direct you. It may be appropriate to post it on a a whole range of different platforms, but they might be slightly different in in how you do that and what you do. Um, In regards to an example of a small business owner... um, there's a couple that actually um, Patty Alan Hornsby um, have have made. We've made some videos for them in the past, and that was just a rapport building video. So it was it was Adrian, the, the owner, talking about what he does, what he loves about it. You know how he enjoys bringing the outside in or the inside out, whatever it is for for you know outside living for families. And people watched that video, and the feedback I got from him was they said we we felt we could trust you. 
we'd mm-hmm. seen your video, we liked you and we felt comfortable. And so, and he's a lovely guy. And I think they were able to pick that up on the video that this is someone that we feel comfortable to build, you know, extend our home and, and provide the patio. So um, there's another chap, Edward Zia, who everybody Edward Zia. Everybody knows. Yep, yep. Uh, oh, I know who, that lovely Edward. Who, I'm, not, I'm not a fan of his video content, I must say. I find it a bit dizzying. And I was actually going to bring that up, not necessarily okay. naming names, but, but just talking about the way that he, he shoots his videos. He does video content very well and he really engages well, with the audience. every day or twice a I day. I know, he's, and it's fantastic. just handheld phone stuff. But he spins. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know? I don't well, know about I you. Think but that... he, is, he is an extremely energetic he person. Is, yes. And I think that probably, um, you know, supports his, his character. Um, but I was going to ask you about technically. Mm. Uh, what are some th- what are some real don'ts if you're going to make your own videos? Because nowadays we can. We've got the iPhones. We've got however many megabits per s- pixel, whatever. I don't know, I guess, <laughs> know the technical terms. But yeah, that that one. Uh, but is, are there real no nos when you when you're shooting videos of yourself? Absolutely. Uh, the first one, regardless of whatever video. Sorry, Edward. By the way, I do love your video. <laughs> if you're listening, <laughs> I get some great gems from them. Yeah. Uh, but he, he's you know so persistent with it, and that's mm. a great example of somebody and he, he probably is you know he's just gone over to speak over in america because of his profile with you know and a big part of that is his regular video content mm. um but some some essentials when you're making video is number one this is unforgivable is if you've got poor audio okay people focus on the vision and stuff they get back in the edit suite and the, they can't use it because the audio they've got trucks running through it, they've got children screaming, they've got planes overhead, or they just don't even have a microphone set up properly at all. It's not close enough to them to hear. I had one one client send me a video and said, oh, look, we shot this ourselves, um, but which happens these days, and I encourage people to shoot stuff themselves because they can. On the phones, you can get great quality stuff, but the cicadas are really loud. Is there anything <laughs> you can do about it? And they haven't put proper microphones on. The people are too far away from the camera, and I just thought... I'm not even going to. And I said, no, I can't do anything with this now because your audio was not recorded properly. There's no way we can hear these people over this racket of these cicadas, which are going nuts. So does it need to be part of your arsenal? We've all got a phone, so we've got that ticked. But um, I understand that you can get fairly inexpensive lapel mics that are half decent that... Yeah, clock into your phone. It's not. It's not an expensive exercise. Just it, go down they're, to. They're fifty bucks. You can get a really good one. Right. Um, Look, you can get that, but you don't have to have that. I mean, if your if your phone is in breathing distance from you, blowing distance from you, the microphone will pick it up, pick up your sound, speak clearly, articulately, loudly. You know, um, stay off the M1, get away from the trucks. <laughs> indeed, um, they'll be able to hear you. Uh, so long as it's in a controlled environment where you don't have the birds and the trucks and the planes and children screaming and all the rest of it. So be aware of what the sound is around you. Mm. That's that's the first thing. The other thing is um, framing can be really simply fixed. Get the head at the top of the frame. Oh, and if you're using your phone, please use it in landscape mode, not in <laughs> portrait mode. It just And then uh, that's another problem. People shoot it in portrait mode. And then they put it up on YouTube and you've got these big black bars on either side of it because it's meant to be widescreen. It's meant to be, you know, if you look at your computer screens, they're landscape. They're not... Portrait. And the, I have to explain this. I'm a Samsung person myself, but I have to explain it to iPhone people. You're actually able to rotate your phone 90 degrees. You just turn your wrist. It, it works. It's easy. You can do that. <laughs> Push yourself outside your limits. Yeah. Try it. Um, so, yeah, if you're using your own phone, frame it landscape. Get your head at the top of the frame. People often look through the frame or if you're filming somebody on their behalf and they put the face in the middle of the picture and then they've got all this dead space above it. So get the head at the top of the frame. It fills the frame better. It looks better. Um, and keep it steady when you're filming it and make sure the light is on the person. It's not behind them so they become silhouetted and look like they're on some witness protection screen. <laughs> <laughs> Which may not build the credibility you're looking for. Yeah, I, well, that's absolutely some fantastic top tips there. Thank you so much. Um, and of course, uh, length. What's what's a good length? I mean, I don't know how long's a piece of string. What is it you're trying to say? But really, in your experience, what is? Are we down to three seconds? Our attention. <laughs> I know my children. Oh my goodness! I was I was trying to get my children to watch something educational on TV instead of their horrible tweeny things they're watching at the moment. So I said, go and watch some good dancing videos because they've just done ballet and I wanted them, you know, be inspired. Mm. And my daughter literally picked up the remote control after about 15 seconds and switched to the next one. I went, oh, 
oh my goodness, you have no attention span. And it was it was really no no no. You watch it to the end. It was I had to dictate this to her. Ooh. Do you find that in the general population, or is it just children under ten? Oh no, I think they've probably got a better attention span than we do these days. <laughs> um, I think yeah. Look, that's the challenge, and that's that's what we you know our challenge when we're making our corporate videos for our clients is to maintain the interest throughout the whole video without being shouty. Well, yeah, it's it's you know hopefully been uh, entertaining or intriguing or whatever it is, so that they um, follow through and watch watch through the whole thing. I mean, you've got some great tools out there these days where you can actually track that and see if people are watching all the way through, where perhaps in the video they're dropping off. So maybe there's something there where you just lose them. So okay, what's that look like? Do you need to fix that? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it is a challenge. The the duration. And they've got all this dead space above it. So get the head at the top of the frame. It fills the frame better. It looks better. Um, and keep it steady when you're filming it. And make sure the light is on the person. It's not behind them so they become silhouetted and look like they're on some witness protection screen. <laughs> <laughs> which may not build the credibility you're looking for. Yeah, I, well, that's absolutely some fantastic top tips there. Thank you so much. Um, and, of course, uh, length. What, what's a good length? I mean, I don't know how long's a piece of string. What is it you're trying to say? But really, in your experience, what is... Are we down to three seconds with our attention? <laughs> I know my children... Oh, my goodness. I was, I was trying to get my children to watch something educational on TV instead of their horrible tweeny things they're watching at the moment. So I said, go and watch some good dancing videos because they've just done ballet and I wanted them, you know, be inspired. Mm. And my daughter literally picked up the remote control after about 15 seconds and switched to the next one. I went, oh my goodness, you have no attention span. And it was it was really, no, 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 you watch it to the end. It was I had to dictate this to her. Mm. Do you find that in the general population or is it just children under 10? Oh, no, I think they've probably got a better attention span than we do these days. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, look, that's the challenge and that's, that's what we, you know, our challenge when we're making our corporate videos for our clients is to maintain the interest throughout the whole video. Without being shouty. Well, yeah, it's, it's you know, hopefully been uh, entertaining or intriguing or whatever it is so that they um, follow through and watch, watch through the whole thing. I mean, you've got some great tools out there these days where you can actually track that and see if people are watching all the way through where perhaps in the video they're dropping off, so maybe there's something there where you just lose them. So, okay, what's that look like? Do you need to fix that? Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it is um, it is a challenge. The, the duration, look, uh, it's amazing how much information you can fit in a minute. Um, we still talk about one- to two-minute videos with our clients. Uh, there is there is certainly space for longer form videos. If you're providing useful, relevant educational content, um, then you can extend it. And sometimes what you can do is you can make a you know your short 30 second, 60 second teaser video, which uh, addresses some of the key problems or issues that your viewer has, and that can then lead them to a longer form version so that they can get more information. So you can then pre-qualify people. And you can do that using um, online tools with Facebook where they can monitor who's watched it and then they can retarget those people with the longer film videos. Do you need to be a business in order to access that with Facebook? Do you have to have a video, a, a business um, listing or can you just do it off a personal one? Because a lot of people these days are doing their own... They're having a double profile. They're doing one profile for people and uh, for themselves and for their personal life and then another one for their business life. I've, I, for one, have chosen not to do that. I think to myself that LinkedIn is the place for the professional profile, whereas Facebook is the place where you become McRanty pants and talk about politics and stuff, <laughs> <laughs> as the case may be. Uh, so I, I think that the differentiation is hard. You don't need to have necessarily a, a, a business uh, account to have business insights in Facebook, do no, you? No, I don't think so. I, look, I, I need to check that. I'm not sure. Well, you, actually, you wouldn't because people are using it all the time for their business profile and c- calling yeah. themselves a person so that they can access other features. And, and we're in interesting times now because people want to connect with people and you're able to position yourself as an expert in your field as a person people are going to feel more comfortable dealing with you for your business. And I get a lot of referrals from people who, because I share a lot of content on under my personal Facebook brand um, about video production, it just reminds people, um, you know, I've got a great, great client with Woolworth because I'm a Facebook friend with um, the mother of a daughter of my huh. daughter. So it and all adds up, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, because... I'm, you know, that's the complete picture of who I am. I'm not just, you know, a dad or a, or a 
partner. I'm not just a, um, a video producer, you know. Um, or, so it's it's all of that comes together for me in, in Facebook, and I'm just just sort of stand it, you know. Yes, I don't like this sort of way of politics or whatever, and just say it and. Hope for the best. And go with it, yeah. (laughs) Look, we're going to take a quick break here on Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. When we come back after the break, we're going to be talking um, a little bit more about video content and using it in your small business Um, and really great ways that you can leverage it to maybe look at some um, sales and trying to... Well, how do you use video content essentially in your marketing strategy? This is Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. We'll be back after this. And welcome back to Small Biz Matters, the half-hour program where you work on your business rather than in it. My name is Alexi Boyd, your trusted admin advisor, lover of all things small business and uh, a voice for small business in Hornsby and the greater Sydney area. Today, we are talking all about video content and the best way to utilise that for your small business. It's not just about, you know, making a video and sticking it up somewhere and hoping that it sticks. Nowadays, we've got all the, uh, the, the possible ways of finding out how these videos are working for us. We've got the the statistics with our websites and make sure that you use them. So it's the same with any sort of advertising. Would you agree, Jeff, that when you put something up there, make sure that you've got the data coming back from it to find out whether or not it was successful? Absolutely. And that's a conversation I'm having much more with my clients in terms of how do we measure the result of this and that comes back to well what is the result what are you looking for what are you actually trying to achieve from this video because I often get people saying oh we want to make a video and I go okay <laughs> great why and they go oh because because other people have got one it's like yes but what do you want I got I, well, I got just like I got a call from the RTA once this guy saying I want to make a viral video and I go okay right um why? Can we have a little bit more of a brief, please? Yeah, he says, oh, so it'll go viral. I went, yes, but, but what's the purpose of it? Oh, it needs to be viral. And I'm thinking, okay. You know what he's just thinking about the Melbourne ad, 100 Ways to Die? Well, maybe, but um, it was just, and anyway, eventually, I think he was a social media guy for the RTA and he wanted to get some runs on the board by having created right, so a So he was video. 20. And, yeah, and I said... <laughs> well, what's the key message you want in the video? I thought, let's go that angle. And he says, oh, I want people to... Um, Click on it. ...to know that they can uh, renew their licence at the RTA. And I'm thinking, where else are they going to do it? <laughs> I mean, really? Is this where my tax money is going? <laughs> it was an insane circular conversation. It was like, anyway. So that Did was, it go anywhere? I couldn't get it motivated to get in, engaged with that. I came up with... A, he had a terrible idea. I came up with a better one and I just, I just couldn't... I just couldn't back it. I thought, I can't do this. This is just such a waste of time and money. It's the most ridiculous thing. And watch it there. So, yeah, personalising in this day and age is is really, really useful, really powerful. So um, that's that's where knowing your audience um, can really cut through the noise and, and have a big impact. Now, you've got a couple of really fantastic um, links on uh, resources on your website on sonicsite.com.au, which are uh, really top tips on how to use video con- in your bi- content in your business. Yeah, so- I've got um, a list of uh, 30 types of uh, videos you can make to build your business. So for a lot of people, they can, yeah, look, I know I should be using video. I know there's, um, you know, everyone else is doing it, but I don't know where to start. Mm. So these are some real, you know, whole lot of tips. One of the really popular one that I encourage everyone to use is a case study video and it's not quite a testimonial but it's a conversation you have with a client who's happy who's had a great experience and you can shoot this on your phone you know if they've you've just finished providing a service or you just near the end of providing a service it's gone really well they're really happy say to them are you okay if I gave a little quick chat to you about what the experience was like and if they're happy they go yeah absolutely I'd love to do something because I really appreciated it you pick up your phone you ask them four questions what was the need? What was going on that caused you to have to enlist our services? What were the services we provided uh, or the product we provided? How have those services or product helped your business now? How has that transformed it? So where are you at now? And what you're doing is you're taking the audience on a journey of what's happened. So it's not just like I use, you know, Patio Land because they're great. It's use this is, this, this is my journey I went on. And then the f- fourth question is how do you now feel? You go, oh, I'm feeling excited, I'm feeling wonderful. Because you want your audience, your, your prospective viewers, to want that same outcome. And they can relate to the process then. So it's a, and it's, it, it's a really powerful sales tool, but it doesn't feel like one. It doesn't feel like you're being sold to. You feel like you're watching somebody's journey who's in the same situation you are, 
and you can relate to it. So that's a really powerful um, and simple um, video that everyone can easily make. That's fantastic. And I noticed just glancing over at the page there, you've got some other examples of um, actually typical websites, uh, web pages that you might have within your website, like frequently asked questions. I think it's great to have um, someone standing in front of you. So a lot of people ask us this and this is our answer and it's a bit more personal. It's about that making that connection with your potential clients, isn't it? That's right. And what it also does is it, um, it, it, uh, smooths out your workload if you're able to address a whole lot of issues without people having to ring up and hassle you about stuff you can talk about the process of when they when they enlist your services what's what happens what can they expect well this is how we work this is what happens blah blah, blah. and that gives people an, an opportunity to get comfortable with you to manage their expectations uh, and so, yeah, there's a whole list here of 30 different types of videos, different different sorts of things that you can... Um, we might pop a link onto the Small yep. Biz Matters Facebook page for people to, to access that because there's tonnes of information there that I can see. But the other really important one is 30 ways to share your videos because what the, the big mistake I see people making this day and age is that they make a great video, mm. they put it on their website, bury it on page five somewhere... Nobody knows it's there. I come back after we've, you know, they've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on this great video and I see on YouTube it's had like 20 views and I'm thinking, well, what's the point? So it's really important that you have a strategy of how to get it out to the audience, how to get it out to the marketplace um, and there are different ways you can do that. So I, I put this other list together of 30 different ways to share your video so that you can really, you know, and there's some really simple things like embedding it in your email signature. If you've got a video, you can have a link in your email signature. So every time you send an email out to somebody, there's a little cl video clip at the bottom of it and, you know, one in ten, three in ten will click on it and watch the video. So that's a whole other audience that you wouldn't get otherwise. Oh, my brain's going a little bit fuzzy with uh, ideas that I've got for my own business, actually. that's I really like that idea, that, that one in ten. You're not expecting everybody who's ever reading one of your video e emails yeah. to do it. But you're getting, you know, you consider how many emails you're sending out a week. If, you know, you're getting one in ten that click on the video, that's more engagement. And it's just building up your connection with your with your market, with your community. What do you say to the people who are listening to all this going, there is no way I can put my face with confidence and speak clearly and coherently and I'm, I'm an introvert. I don't feel comfortable going in front of the camera. Does that mean that video as a marketing tool is out for my business? Yes, unfortunately. No, <laughs> <laughs> no not at all. Um, there are plenty of ways and plenty of types of videos you can make that don't need a talking head. Plenty of ways and plenty of types of videos you can make that don't need a talking head, don't need you to be out the front. Um, there's animations you can make. There's slideshows you can do with a voiceover. It could be yours. It could be somebody else's. Um, and so you've got staff. I mean, you might have someone who's actually willing to speak on your behalf and be in the video. Some crazy kook who's quite comfortable talking to a microphone for an hour, for example. Uh, someone who's just happy to just talk on your behalf. Even a friend or a, or a client, uh, another client who's been happy and you can just pop some questions from them. Well, that's the thing. You know, uh, the clients, are, your, are your, people want to buy the outcome. And the outcome is not you. It's what you get at the end of the day. So the clients can talk much more articulately about that than you can because they've they've achieved it, they've mm. received it. Mm. So you don't have to, you know, I totally get it. And some people really shouldn't be in front of the camera, quite frankly. <laughs> and you're not doing your, your business any service by, by doing that. So... You know, there. I've I'm on my. I've written a blog about that. I have ten different videos you can make um, that you know that you don't have to be in front of. Okay, that's wonderful. And and just give us some, um, give us a little bit more uh, info about your particular website, so where people can find all these fantastic uh, brochures Resource. and things. Sure. Resource. Yeah, it's sonicsite.com.au. S o n i c s i g h t. Um, and yeah, just on the homepage, you can click on a, a download there. It just requires your email and a name. I'll send you a couple of other little emails you can unsubscribe at any time but um there there's some really useful so the other other list is 30 ways to maximize your video return on investment so this is some ideas of just getting things right when you go through the whole process because i see people do all sorts of things they go out and they spend thousands of dollars on camera equipment before they've even started making the first video and then it just gathers dust because it's all too hard they don't know how to use it they use it once and it's like oh i'm not going to go through that again mm. what i would recommend to people is just warm up to it you know step by step start with your phone phones a thousand dollar piece of camera equipment let's not you know ignore that fact and they are very good so there's a lot of a lot of ways you can use your phone to start with mm -hmm. um if you need something more professional and you want to do it yourself if you want to go down that path, then rent to start with. You know, spend a few hundred dollars rather than thousands of dollars on some equipment. 
and then see, you know, of that, if you find you're doing it sort of every month or every week, well, yeah, you get to a point then when you want to invest in some equipment. Mm-hmm. But I think long and hard before I go and buy new equipment and I'm using it every week. Yeah, on, on a professional scale as mm. well. Mm. Yeah, that's, so, a, that's a really so good point. So really, really go slow is, is my advice there. And learn those analytics as well. I think that's important to, to see who's clicking on them, how long are the videos being watched for, at what point are, are people disengaging, Do, you, do you, should you be aiming for a different length of video or a different type of video and, and just explore the different options. And, and ultimately be clear on, well, what is the real measurable outcome? Is it somebody making a phone call? Is it them downloading something? Is it visiting your website? What are you wanting them to do from watching that video? And that is really the, the measurement you want to be keeping an eye on. You should have that, you should have that thought in, in your head when you're doing any sort of marketing or advertising as well. It's something that we often forget about as small businesses that we're just satisfied when the job's actually done, not what the purpose of it is. And I think that's when you're really clear on um, what you're trying to achieve. That's when it simplifies the whole process because you think, right, this is all I want to do. I think you can get it can get blurry when you're not really focused on what you're doing. And that's like I was talking before about my niching. Now that I know where I'm getting the great return on investment from my marketing, it makes it much easier for me to be clear on what I'm going to do and, and how I'm going to do it and how much I'm going to spend on it. Mm, awesome. Look, today's show has been jam-packed full of information. Thank you so much for joining us today on Triple H 100.1 FM, Jeff. It's been an absolute pleasure, Alexi. And, of course, if you want to find out more information about Jeff Anderson and all the work that he does and all the information and knowledge that he uh, he gives out there. Oh, by the way, tell us what's, what's the name of your book and where it's available. My book is called Shoot Me Now, Making Videos to boost business uh you can get it on my on the sonic site website you can also find it at jeffanderson.com.au fantastic and look thank you very much for empowering our small business listeners with all of this fantastic knowledge today my pleasure you've been listening to triple h 100.1 fm you can of course uh check out all of the blogs and podcasts on the smallbizmatters.com.au website where we've got over a hundred blogs and podcasts to listen to soon to be coming on a more accessible podcast all right, I'll say it, iTunes, uh, for, for, for everyone out there to access. So keep an eye on our website for that. And, of course, if you've got any empowering knowledge you'd like to share with our listeners, get in touch via the Small Biz Matters Australia Facebook page or send us an email. Uh, you've been listening to Small Biz Matters, of course, because I've said it about 100 times. This is Triple H 100.1 FM. We'll see you all next week.